Thank you, worship team, and thank you, my awesome wife up here, Becca. We, we, uh, <laughs> I wasn't planning on doing this, but uh, we celebrated 23 years of marriage uh, uh, yesterday, and so it's a hard job, but somebody had to do it. I gave, I gave her, I took the credit the other day. I, I actually give her the credit. I'm gonna blow out these candles. So. I was trying to cover the mic so you didn't get my wind noise, but then I just scruffed the mic the whole time so you still got some weird noise. And um, don't worry, the, 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 the meaning of Advent still carries with us. We just want to save the candles because we still have more Sundays and we want to make sure the candles last. But um, anyway, as I, as I said before, uh, Pastor Walt was supposed to be with us and um, he's got a wonderful message uh, that he preached. We're in the series called Chosen and he's got a wonderful message he preached on mission the chosen mission and how often the mission actually chooses us rather than us choosing the mission. And you can actually go online and watch that from our San Angelo or Abilene campus. Uh, he preached the, the message at both of those campus and then he was going to come here. And because uh, like people are telling me I probably shouldn't travel this and that. And I said, yes, I'm like, I'm glad some other people said it before I had to. I just had to come in and just kind of confirm that. And uh, it's always nicer to be in that position, you know, because you don't, you know, you got to be careful sometimes you try to tell the boss what to do. And, and so uh, I was like, yes, no, thank you, voices of wisdom uh, from others in his life. And, uh, and so, but then that meant that I, that I was going to preach and, and what I was going to share today. And, and Pastor Walt kind of talked about this aspect of time. And, and as I spoke last week on this concept of preparation, that God chooses preparation, that it doesn't just happen instantaneously, but there's a work that comes and leads up to the moment that we experience, see, or know the miracle of God that's at work in our lives, the, the miracle of salvation, the miracle of healing, the miracle of breakthrough, whatever it might be, that there's a preparation. God is at work long before, and we see that in the, the Gospels. And, and so thinking about that preparation of time, I was still thinking about time along with Pastor Walt's message and, uh, and kind of wrestling with time. I feel like because time is the thing that we always wrestle with. It doesn't matter at what stage of life we are. I feel like time is something that's just something we always wrestle. I wrestled with time this morning because I chose the wrong lane, got behind the wrong car, and said, I don't have time for this because they were going too slow. And I'm trying to get to church. Lord, don't you know I got work to do? And it's like, there's a preparation that takes place for the pastor. I got to show up and there's different things. And, and, uh, and I'm like, I have, don't have time for this. You, you feel that, that pressure of time when you're... You, you don't care about your keys until you can't find them and you're trying to get out the door to work. And now all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I don't have time for this. And there's this, this wrestling of time. And, uh, and I wrestle with the idea of time in this season. Time, it's such a, an important thing. And then we think about right time and wrong time. And the right time, oh, and it's got to be the right time for me to do the right thing. Uh, even though we have instruction, it's always good time, always the right time to do the right thing. And but yet sometimes we're like, well, but I got to get things in order. Oh, you want me to serve at church? You want me to serve at kids? Well, I need to, I need to get this in order and do this. I need, I need to like, get all these things in order before I can do the thing that I feel led to do. And, and I've got to have that time. And, and so I wrestled. And, and I'll, I'll start with this scripture in uh, Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. And I love this because it starts off right off the bat. He says, but when the right time came, the right time, God sent his son born of a woman. 
subject to the law. Let's just get the whole context here, and then we'll come back. Subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us at his, as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. But it says, at the right time. Really, God? At the right time, it says. This chronos time. It is this literal, like, by the watch time. I've not been a watch wearer forever. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm, like, all of a sudden I decided to start wearing a watch. But I, 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 um, I quit wearing a watch many, many years ago because I found myself chained to this concept of watch. And I went on this retreat uh, to, to I, I was a Christian, but I had to get saved. And I went on this four-day retreat, and a part of this, now this is the early days of flip phones, so it wasn't as bad as it would be today, but no phone, no watch, no sense of control. You were told what to do, when to do it, in the sense of, like, here's when food is, here's when service is, here's when time, like, whatever it might be. And I was so, so 23 years of marriage, but I was probably more married to my watch at that time than I was my wife. I, that's the way I lived. I was bound to this thing on my wrist, and all of a sudden I experienced a freedom in this place. Paul is writing in this, in this text here in Galatians, and there's, there's a thing. He's saying, at the right time, because you are going to be bound by the ways of this world. So God comes and gives you a good law, but even then you still took it as a chain and wrapped it around your neck, people, instead of seeing it as a blessing that what God had for you and still found yourself slave to this law. And so now then he has brought you Jesus at just the right time, just the right time. And there's a lot of theory behind a lot of this and how amazing it was. Now, he's speaking to a spiritual truth at just the right time that's taking place. We're taking a literal time and applying it spiritually to our lives, to our hearts, to our minds, to our lives. But even in this, they, they talk about when Jesus was born, there was governmental structures that, that literally paved the way. In a sense, they didn't really have like the same kind of pavement. But all of a sudden, now there are roads in place and structures in place for Jesus to be able to go and travel from place to place to share the gospel and, and theaters and ways for people to be able to hear them. And, and there was this technology at just the right time. Just the right time. And that's great in the sense of what this structure looked like for all people. But do you think that Mary thought it was just the right time? Not married young lady in the situation, but there's a promise at hand, and now God says, and you're going to bear a son. And how are you going to do this? You're going to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. But in all practicality, there is no way that Mary thought this was the right time. Do you think that Joseph thought it was the right time? I can imagine Joseph looking at his watch, you're like, I'm set to be married soon, and this is now the promise of God that you've brought into my life, just the right time. We talked about it last week with Zechariah and Elizabeth because we talked about preparation. And in the sense of preparation, you had John the Baptist that's kind of being foretold coming in the Gospels um, for Jesus. And Zechariah and Elizabeth now, at a time when it seemed all time had been lost and were unable to conceive a child and had no heir. But it says, at just the right time. 
Zechariah didn't have this verse. <laughs> I wonder what his thoughts would have been at the time of, of reading this. To, and if he had known that in the promise that he received in the midst of the temple, that all of a sudden, oh, but it is just the right time. Really? Joseph, he didn't quite see it that way. Just the right time. What about when our time is difficult, but yet the scriptures are promising a just the right time? time, but yet there's no way it seems that God can be at work in our lives. But what we see here with even these words here, because Paul is saying in all the situations and all the struggles, it is just the right time, which tells me here in Galatians 4 that it doesn't matter how bad it seems, how dark it seems, or what the struggle is, it can still be just the right time for a God who does miracles. For a God who is not bound by time, but outside of uh, time, whose name is eternity, which means not to be bound by time, surely, no matter what my situation, no matter what my circumstance, no matter what even, hopefully, my, maybe my outlook, maybe, maybe there is a, something there I need to work on, but maybe bad timing doesn't have to be wrong timing. That God can still be at work, that now is just the right time, but it's got to be now. It's got to be this moment. It's got to be present. And so often we get caught up in the past of the right timing because, well, let's be real, like I, 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 I have my past that has messed up my timing and prevented things. Or yet there's the things that are futuristic that have yet to come, I've yet to accomplish to make this the right time. I've got to be prepared. And don't get me wrong, there's a preparation, but there's still a right time. So I wanted to look a little bit, and I wanted to actually, I feel like I gave Zechariah a little bit of a bad rap last week. Anybody feel like I was picking on Zechariah? It's all in jest, and you know, picking on Zechariah a little bit. But, um, and, um, but I'll be back in Luke chapter 1. We'll look at his story again. And I got a, just a couple thoughts that I wanted to hopefully encourage one of us, some of us, all of us here with this morning on Zechariah. So let's, we'll quickly look at his story again in Luke chapter 1, verse 11. It says, while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Standing to the right of the incense altar, Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord, their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn their hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Wow, what a proclamation from an angel to bring from God to his life. Uh, how many of you would like a proclamation from God? Like, like, I need some direction right now. Lord, can you just send me an angel? Can I just be in this position? And we think that, but then we see Zechariah's response. I think sometimes I think more highly of myself than maybe when I look at Zechariah. Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure that this will happen? I'm an old man now. My wife is also well along in years. It surely cannot be the right time. It surely can't be this time. I've missed 
my time. I'm no longer a young man. I've missed my time. This can't be. And the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper, and it says, time. At the proper time. We have this situation, and, and um, I, I wrestled with his Zechariah, and I, I kind of picked on him. Even though I stated there leading into it or in last week's message, I said we need the faithfulness of Zechariah and the faith of Elizabeth. We see Elizabeth walking out this element of faith with no hesitation, at least not recorded by Luke. You can only imagine Luke recording this story and hearing this story and then writing it down for us and the process that that entailed. And we have a situation here, but I said the faithfulness of Zechariah. But really in this moment, I felt that I was really focused really on the faithfulness that led to this moment. You see, the angel found Zechariah, and we find earlier in Luke and some of the earlier scriptures that it talks about his righteousness, his devotion who he was and, and what he was doing. The angel found him at the altar uh, doing his, his duties that he had a responsibility to, to accomplish and do. And, and that's where he's found in this moment. There's a faithfulness of Zechariah that led to this moment. God is bringing this promise because of Zechariah's faithfulness. But one thing that's important about Zechariah is when he receives this, even in the struggle of this this, this ailment, this situation of not being able to speak, his faithfulness did not waver. Even in the midst of getting a promise to greater things, his faithfulness did not waver. He stayed true to what was to be done in the moment. I don't know about you, but in my life, and I've seen this, I've been in the church long enough, even though I wasn't raised in the church, I, I've been around enough in my adult years, that I've seen people get a promise from God and they stopped being faithful to the thing that they knew to be true and the responsibilities they had in the moment to chase that one little thing. Thinking that, oh, well, the word came, so now must be the proper time. It must be this time. And yet what we see, and sometimes that can be true, but what we see is Zechariah is a little bit of wrestling with this promise of God. What is next? And, and yet, and we saw, and I picked on Zechariah, that he, had to, he went back to work for seven days, by the way. He's mute. And he goes back to work for seven days. No sick days. He didn't get to call into his boss. He's still at work in the midst of this. And that's just the thing. He can't fulfill the promise of God yet. The, the, the promise brought forth by Gabriel. And he stays true to what he knows to do in the moment. Sometimes you may feel like you have a promise from God to accomplish in this life, in this world, within your family, within your job, within this community, and but yet you don't know yet what to do. And what I'm here to encourage you is stay true and faithful like Zechariah. What you know to do right now, continue to do that thing. Do not waver on the facts that you hold dear to your heart now that God has already spoken, that God has already shown you what God is already at work doing. Stay true to those things. That's where I've seen amazing things at work. It was Pastor Walt that he shares in the message that I'll, I'll promote again that you should go online and watch at some time this week or even today. And it talks about staying true. It's oftentimes that even when there's a promise of greater mission, of greater ministry, of greater responsibility, that it's in the midst of me being faithful where I'm at, 
that God finds me and the calling happens. It was Pastor Walt and Joanne serving in the children's ministry, in the nursery, what we call Kids Junior, and that all of a sudden he's on his way back when the senior pastor calls him to send him to another church uh, to be a pastor. It was, it was my faithfulness in the midst of a situation of, of serving in youth ministry that all of a sudden when the youth pastor was moving on, that we're sitting in a meeting and they said, well, who's going to take his place? And they said, how about his shadow? And pointed at me. I, like I wasn't, I wasn't walking in his shadow for the purpose of taking over something, but yet there was a faithfulness that put me in a position to say, now is the right time. Faithfulness cannot be overestimated. We cannot, we cannot give it too much credit. Zechariah has a midst of, in the midst of this situation, walks out a faithfulness to staying true for seven days. He's got a promise, and he's got a pretty good promise, uh, guys. Uh, you know, he, he's got a pretty good promise to go home and take care of, and, uh, and yet he's not able to do it. But that kind of gave me my second thought. See, uh, John Maxwell talks about the struggle of, of when versus how. He says, the best decision can become the wrong decision if also made too late. Sometimes we want to take things into our own hands and do things before God's timing. But then also sometimes we may hesitate and timing is key. Timing does become a part of when to do something and and if I, if I don't do it when I'm called to do it, then I may end up behind something. You ever had an idea and then you discovered, like, it's a really cool invention. And then you go out to Google it and you're like, oh, that already exists. I'm, like, I was too late to the thing. And they talk about it. And, and, and I, I listened to uh, too much Maxwell that maybe this week. I was, they're talking about inventions and creating things. And they're talking about how, like, you, you just got to be quick. And, and I'll, I'll try not to get rabbit trailed on that. We've got some celebration at the end of service. And. But it's the when versus the how that oftentimes the thing we struggle with is not the how, it's the when. I don't know about you, I think Zechariah is probably in this boat. I, I felt bad for Zechariah. I was kind of imagining myself in a situation and, and he's mute, he can't talk, but now he's got, you, you know you've been at work and you, you've worked at one of those places where everybody around you is a uh, philosophical uh, just wizard of information that like and everybody's got the right answer for you in your life and and the, the the magical thing and and everybody wants to tell you what to do and and uh and you imagine Zechariah in this situation he can't even talk like he can't even respond and and tell anybody in there and you know and I imagine you know one of the other priests is probably like oh you need to go home now and another priest is like no you gotta well probably the boss you need to finish your duties I'm not covering for you and then another guy is like no 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 you don't like, what are you doing? You're like, you're mute. You can't go home. How are you going to tell your wife this promise? And how is she going to believe you? And, and then one of the guys, no, no, no. The issue is not when. Let me tell you how. And he's like, okay, now we've gone too far. Trust me. I know the how. It's the when that I need. And in this situation, that it's, it's the when that often I know the how, but it's the when. You're like, well, I don't know. Maybe God's called me to be a preacher, but I'm not even sure the how. But honestly, sometimes the how is even attached to the when. Because it takes practice and patience and study and, and there's, a, there's a process there. And so it's still a matter of the win. It's putting ourselves in positions of opportunity to do ministry. And let me, let me be clear on this. Each and every one of you have a ministry on your life. Even if you don't hold a microphone or stand on this stage or sing on this platform, ministry is not bound to this space or this altar. 
ministry is the thing that each and every one of us carries within our own hearts. It is the thing that you are called to. It is not simply a salvation, a ticket to heaven, onto the next thing, that God is calling you to greater things, to be a part of what he's looking to accomplish in this world, being a part of a new heaven on the new earth. And there's a ministry that each and every one of you call. You all have a Zechariah moment, an opportunity within you, even if you feel like the time has passed or yet has not been promised yet. There's a Zechariah moment. And so the question absolutely becomes when, not how. When is the right time? When do I do this? The best decisions often land in the right timing. And notice I don't have answers for you in this other than for us to look at the text and say, what are we seeing with these amazing people saying yes to what God is doing? And what does my yes look like? What does my win look like? My W-H-E-N lead to my W-I-N. My win in ministry, my win in life, the thing that God has called me to do, the thing that God has called me to accomplish, the, God, the thing that God has called me to do just at the right time. It is this win. I think this is so important. And so Zechariah, he stays faithful in the midst of what he's called to do. And there's a win that's wrestling, but yet he, we see him wait out this moment until the time that he's able to go home and be with Elizabeth. And then there's this last thought that I had that I feel like sometimes that I just don't do enough. And maybe I'm preaching to myself more than I'm preaching to y'all in the wrestling with these ideas and what I feel like was being shown to me in this situation. But when we look ahead towards the end of the story in Luke chapter 1, verse 59, we'll pick up at the birth of John the Baptist. And we shared a lot last week in the sense of Elizabeth and 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 this pregnancy, and Elizabeth, and Mary visiting Elizabeth, and the Holy Spirit at work in the midst of this moment, this amazing thing. And it says, and when the baby was eight days old, in verse 59 of Luke chapter 1, they all came for the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father. But Elizabeth said, no, his name is John. Why? Because at just the right time, an angel gave a promise and instructions to follow for the naming of John. What they exclaimed, there is no one in all your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. They used gestures. By the way, I never realized until this week that in the midst of this, they used gestures. We're told in earlier in Luke, and this is just like a rabbit trail, like a side story, that we're told earlier that, that uh, Zechariah was, became mute, so he could not speak with the people. But then now they're using gestures. Now, I don't know about you, sometimes we kind of talk funny. I, I, my wife, we've been married 23 years, and she grew up in a deaf family with parents who could not hear. She was speaking sign language long before she could speak words. But in the midst of that, it means I've spent a lot of times as someone who is not growing, around, growing up around deaf people, all of a sudden in my adult life, being around deaf people, and you ever find yourself when like you're around somebody who doesn't speak the same language, or they got even maybe a little bit of an accent. Several people here have a little bit of an accent, and because they're from somewhere else in the world, and, and all of a sudden we found ourselves raising our voice, talking a little weirder, enunciating words we wouldn't normally enunciate, trying to explain the word y'all, because they definitely don't understand y'all, even some of y'all from up north, you don't understand y'all, and like, and we find ourselves doing like, like maybe it's just one of those situations, there's, there's my rabbit trail for you there, but but Zechariah, clearly in the situation, is deaf and mute, by the way. 
a crazy situation. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him, and he motioned for a writing tablet. And to everyone's surprise, he wrote, his name is John. Instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. Instantly, when Zechariah's language lined up with what God was saying, all of a sudden, there was a freedom and a breakthrough and a praise that came by the people. It says, and uh, all fell upon the whole neighborhood. And the news of what happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, what will this child turn out to be? Because we are witnessing a miracle at this time, at this moment, at the proper time, the angel said. For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. Here's the thing I think some of us need to be reminded of is, is, is this moment of Zechariah aligning himself with what God is saying. Because it was Zechariah's doubts in the word of God that put himself in this position of deafness and muteness, unable to communicate and only be, be receptive to those around him in this situation. That all of a sudden Zechariah speaks an alignment with what God is saying. And we see a breakthrough take place. Maybe sometimes in the midst of what I'm being called to do or my struggles or the person that pulled out in front of me going slower than I wanted to go in the wrong lane. Maybe the words of my speech need to fall into alignment with what God says about me. Need to fall into alignment with what God says about them, with what God says about you, with what God says about my family, with what God says about my coworkers. Because we know Pastor David needs a lot of it. I just want to pick on him a little bit because he's, you know, he's, he's about to, to leave us uh, as we're going to celebrate here in a little while. Not celebrate that he's leaving, just celebrate that he's been here. Let me, let me know, let me mince words here. I'm picking on Pastor David. I, honestly, I've not picked on him enough. I, I got saved from my prankster ways a long time ago. Maybe it's just the right time and, and uh, that you haven't been too subject to those, those ways. Just the right time. I feel like Pastor David was one of those friends in my life. One of those friends at just the right time was in my life when I needed. When I needed somebody to, maybe even in the midst of me saying some of the wrong things, the things that didn't align with, with God's ways, but yet I had a friend that was able to be there and encourage me and to speak the truth of God in my life. I had a Zechariah kind of moment with a friend who was there for me in a great time of need. To be one of only a couple of friends that I was able to have in those times. To be someone who spoke alignment. Who's in your life that operates as a Zechariah to speak alignment? And he, there, there's a struggle, there, there's a process, sure, but in this moment, all of a sudden, there's a celebration. Why? Because there's an alignment with what God is saying. How powerful could our lives and the ministry of our lives be in this community and this world if our speech aligned with God's speech? If we went out to the world to speak miracles and prophetic words and words of knowledge and wisdom into those lives or those around us, to co-workers, that all of a sudden our speech aligned and there was a way of love and grace that didn't make sense in the midst of the situations because the violence, the offense, the unforgiveness in those situations gave every reasonable expectation to not be able to align ourselves with what God says because the, the ways of the, our environment and culture promote everything other than God. But yet we could step into it and bring ourselves into an alignment at just 
the right time with what God wants to do, what could that look like for our lives? I've seen it time and time again in situations. Situations of even, uh, and, and, and I, I, I still struggle. I, I had one of my kids in the car. We were going by my mom's house to, uh, to have dinner and celebrate, and I found myself speaking in a car in a way that didn't honor, that was like, oh, man, just when you think you're over some of those things, and then you preach about it, and you bring light to it, and then you say the opposite of the very thing you claim to be representing, and like, oh, my. I didn't say any bad words, by the way. There weren't any, um, you know, bad enough words, but, you know. Maybe it's the intent of my heart that I need to be mindful of rather than just what I say or the way I say it. I won't get on that sermon right now, though. Don't worry. But bringing, bringing my words into alignment. What is, your, what is your ministry? What is your faithfulness? What is God speaking to you? What's the calling on your life? And it doesn't have to be on the stage, and maybe it is. It doesn't have to be leading a ministry, leading, teaching kids like our kids director, Ben, and being back there and teaching kids. Maybe it is. It doesn't have to be leading a particular life group. Maybe it is. Maybe your ministry is out serving in other, other ministries, other organizations within our community. Maybe it's simply doing the very thing that God has called you to do. Can our worship team come up? I want to I want to close and close this message. And I'm actually going to finish with uh, more words of Zechariah. I'm not going to finish with my own words. As I was I was reading, preparing still yesterday and, and looking at this, I, I decided that I wanted to finish with Zechariah's words. And, and I'm going to I'm going to read these out and, and the team's going to play behind us and we're going to after this, go into one final psalm, but I want to read Zechariah's prophecy here. And uh, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes in just a moment, and, and I want to imagine yourself in this situation, but, but ultimately, really, I just wanted to ask, what is, what is God speaking to you? What is he calling you to do? Maybe it's, maybe it's something that you feel you're being called to even give up, and you're still waiting till January 1 for that New Year's resolution. Why wait? It says in Galatians 4, at just the right time. Maybe at the time that God's speaking to you about a certain thing is the time for the faithfulness to begin, not at what you deem to be just the right time, but at the time that God has given you direction, that God is, is nudging your spirit, that God is speaking to you, that God has given you visions or dreams. And it's at that time, you don't have to wait for a particular chronos moment at time that we deem to be the time when everything begins. But maybe that time is now. I felt that last year, it was in this time that I felt that there were some things that I needed to fast from in my life. And all of a sudden I was like, you know what? Why, am I, why wait till January 1st? I actually hate New Year's resolutions. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it now. I'm gonna delete that app now. I'm gonna give up that thing now. I'm gonna get that out of my house now. I'm gonna make that change because now is the time that I'm feeling led to. It's not later. There's no postponement. It's Zechariah, even if I don't know the, uh, the, the ins and outs of these moments, but yet I'm going to stay faithful to the thing that I know God is calling me to now. If you'll close your eyes, imagine yourself as Zechariah or maybe even Elizabeth. You're in this situation. 
you've thought you've missed time and opportunity. You thought it was too late. And then you get a promise and a word from God. Maybe you have a word that you've been holding on to. Maybe you've been seeking a word. And I'm just going to finish here with Zechariah's prophetic recording here in Luke chapter 1, verse 68, finishing the chapter. And Zechariah says, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. He has sent us a mighty Savior from the royal line of his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets long ago. Now we'll, we will be saved from our enemies and from all who hate us. He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenants. The covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. We have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear and holiness and righteousness for as long as we live. And you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us through the path of peace. May we find this path this morning. Let's stand and worship during this final song before we dismiss.